the last one, we preached Christ crucified. And I'm a little bit nervous today because I had to ask the Lord about singing a song along with we preach Jesus Christ. So let me start out with what's on the board you can see. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus Christ. I'm going to try to slow down here. I can feel that I'm getting excited. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I'm going to say this again. It's okay to get excited about the Word of God. So let me start over so I can slow down. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord. Say Lord. The first century Christians would have recognized that the word Lord refers to deity. And some of you already know what I mean by deity, but in case you don't understand what the first century Christians would have recognized as Lord, it means he was overall God the Son. Can I get a witness? And ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus Christ, for God who, that's God the Father, who, sa- who said, let light shall shine out of your hearts. It's the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge Say knowledge. I want you to know a lot of this, this morning's message is about head knowledge facing or contrasted with heart knowledge. And you'll see that as we go on. I'm trying to keep myself calm for God who said, let, for God who said, light shall shine out of your hearts is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I've got to say this because I was asking the Lord about it and you might want to join in with me because I'm going to say it three three or four times. Now I know I can't sing but I'm going to try to sing these verses. Can I get a witness? And here's what I'm going to try to sing. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day, when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. I'm going to repeat that, so I want you to join in with me. I know it was the blood, not yet. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day, when I was lost, He died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. Now I'm going to try to sing it, and you can join in with me if you can remember. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. Now you can sing it this second time. I know it was the blood. Come on. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost. He died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. One more time. Maybe you got it. I know it was the blood 
I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on. So this seems a little bit extemporary. I can't even talk. If this seems a little bit out of sorts, you're going to have to forgive me. Can I get a witness? Let's go back to one. Now I got my composure back a little. It's okay, I'm going to say it again. It's okay to get decomposed about the Word of God. Why not? You get composed, decomposed about a football game, a baseball game, or any other type of game. Why can't we get excited about Jesus Christ? Starting with verse 1. March 27th. Say March 27th. I'm going to start out with this now. This is... March 27, the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Can I get an amen? amen? You're here today. Why don't we just rejoice in the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ? This is the day that the Lord has made. He made this day. Let us rejoice. Christian, you ought to have, along with some sorrow in your heart, which happens to us all, you ought to be joyful that God saved you. Let me go on. Verse 11. I again saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift and to... And the battle is not to the warriors, and neither is bread to the wise, nor wealth to the discerning, nor favor to men of ability, for time and chance overtake them all. What a statement by Solomon. Let me slow down. I again saw under the sun. Say under the sun. I want you to know that Solomon is giving an under-the-sun view of things until there's a change in his life, and I'll go over that later. I again saw under the sun that the race is not given to the swift, and the battle is not to the warriors, and neither is bread to the wise, nor wealth to the discerning, nor favor to men of ability, for time and chance overtake them all. Next. Man does not know his time. Moreover, man does not know his time. Like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare. So the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. Also this I came to see as wisdom under the sun. There it is again under the sun. And it impressed me. There was a small city with few men in it. And a great king came to it, surrounded it, and constructed large sea works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one, the tragedy, number four, good, thank you, but there was found in it a poor man, wise, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the wisdom of the poor wise man is despised and his words are not heeded. The words of the wise heard in quietness are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Now back to verse 11. I saw... I again saw under the sun 
that the race is not to the swift and the battle is not to the warriors and neither is bread to the wise nor wealth to the sturdy nor favor to men of ability for time and chance overtake them all. Here's my comment. Yes, Solomon, Yahweh, God, has given you a tremendous amount of under-the-sun wisdom and you have used a lot of it in very productive ways and a lot of it in very sinful and negative ways. What, what do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? Before I go into the next slide, Solomon built great temples for his wives. He was a man of wisdom. He had fountains and all kinds of aqueducts going to the different parts of his kingdom. He was wise. And yet he married some foreign wives. And many of you know about the concubines and the wives. And he began to worship under the influence of their wise, other gods. Well, let's, what are you talking about, Pastor Brooke or Brother, Brother Bruce? How about you and me? <clears throat> One, number six, ladies and gentlemen, back in the back. Uh, I don't think you have that right. But anyhow, let me say it. Have we, have you, have we used things that God has given us sinful? God's given you a lot. How'd you use it? Or are you using it for his glory? God gave you talents in different areas, in different strengths. Let me ask you. And I thank you. Have we used the things that God has given us in negative and sinful ways? Or for his glory? Can I get an amen? You know what? Only you can answer that question. He's given you talents, time, ability. How are you using it? Are you using it for his glory? Or are you using it in sinful ways? Only you can answer that question. I'm glad I can't answer it. Next. Good. If you are conscientiously following Christ, say following Christ. I got to ask you that question before I even begin. Are you following Christ or are you following a false God? If you are conscientiously following Christ, your behavior will go against the existentialism of modern society. What do you mean by existentialism? Existentialism claims that the right to do or say anything that makes you feel good. How about a Christian? Today's existentialist, unbeliever, has a twisted logic that says, if something makes you feel good that hurts me, you can't do it. But if something makes me feel good but hurts you, I can do it. Can I get an amen? amen. I hope as a Christian, whether you understand the word existentialism or not, it's self-propelled by self and not for the glory of God. Unhappily, many Believers have been caught up in that kind of thinking. They don't call it existentialism, self-esteem, or positive thinking are the preferred terms, but the results are much the same. Such Christians do not, excuse me, such Christians do what satisfies their desires. How about it? I'm talking to somebody in here, or maybe somebody's. Such Christians do what satisfies their desires, often at the expense of other people. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a selfish Christian? It's all about you. Sure to get quiet in here. Can I get an amen? You know what? I'm going to preach the gospel whether you like it or not. We're selfish until we grow up in Christ. 
Such Christians do what satisfies their desires, often at the expense of other people. At its core, this kind of attitude is simply sinful self-love. You love yourself more than you love the Lord. Again, have we used the things that God has given us in a negative, sinful way or for his glory and honor. Please listen to the words of Jeremiah. This is in the Old Testament. Thus says the Lord. Say Lord. Do you see that those words are capitalized? That means he means the true God. Yahweh, Jehovah God. Thus saith the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast of his might, let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, I am Yahweh, I am Jehovah, I am the true God who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things declares the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen? Let me ask you before I go on. Do you know, not just head knowledge, but do you know this Yahweh, do you know this Jehovah God in your heart? Amen. But let's go on. New Testament scriptures. You search the scriptures. Say you search the scriptures. Jesus talking to a group of people who knew the Old Testament back and forth. They knew it. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. Here's another translation. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which speak of me. Can I get an amen? amen. To know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior is to know right now that you have eternal life. Well, back that up, Brother Bruce. Well, this, don't, don't change screens. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. Say, Son of God. Let me start over again. These things, that's in 1 John chapter 5, I have written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know eternal life is a present tense thing. Not only is it future, it's only right now. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and there they would testify me. From Genesis to Revelation, there's a bloodline and it's called the eternal Son of God. In Acts 20, 28, you can look it up for yourself. The blood, and I know I said it before, the blood that ran in the veins of Jesus Christ was the blood of God. And also in the New Testament, that great apostle to the Jew and Gentile, that's Paul, puts it this way. Although I myself might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I, and I'm going to put the more or far more, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal. Say zeal. I'm going to get a little bit off track, but it's within the periphery of what I'm saying. 
don't you know that Paul was the one who persecuted anyone who believed in Jesus Christ? A persecutor of the church as to righteousness which is in the law found blameless. I did everything. I kept the Ten Commandments. I was a Jew among Jew, a Hebrew among Hebrew. When you say that Paul was stating an under-the-sun view of himself, listen again. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if, any, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I the more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisees, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But when you say that Paul's under the sun view of himself underwent a transformation, say transformation, say transformation. Paul underwent a transformation. And here's what he said. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. Say knowing Christ. I'm going to ask you again, do you know him? Yes. More than a head knowledge, do you know him right here? Can I get a witness? Do you know him? I don't know why I keep saying, do you know him? Knowing Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish or dung, so that I may gain Christ. Paul went from an under the sun to an over the sun. Why do you keep talking about that, Brother Bruce? That's what's got to happen to you if you're a sinner. You've got to go from an under the sun view of things to an over the sun view of things. What's that mean? You've got to get to know the living God, the true God. Found in him. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. Say, my, say righteousness. Can't get you to say it. Say it louder. Some of you are depending on your good works. I don't know who you are. I don't know, I don't know what you're pursuing. But you have no righteousness that pleases God except the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ and knowing him as your personal Savior. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. Say faith in Christ. I'm going to say it again. I don't know who I'm talking to. Have you placed your faith in the finished work of Jesus when he said, it is finished? What's that mean? It's the word tetelestai, which means paid in full. He paid your debt to God, the Father, in full. The wrath of God was poured out on the Son of God. And he's the only one who can say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he finished it when he said, it is finished. You ought to say hallelujah to that. And for you who think you can get saved and then lost tomorrow, say this, and by grace, you have been saved. What is that, Brother Bruce? It reaches back into the past and continues right till now. Can I get a witness? And for you who have a lit of Greek behind you, it means the perfect tense, actually the pluperfect, which means happened in the past. And it continues. You're completely saved by God's grace. And may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own from the law. I'm going to say this again. I have the slightest idea who I'm talking to. Quit pursuing your own good deeds. Because you can't perform a good deed for God, for salvation, 
unless you've been born again. That, mean, that doesn't mean I shouldn't help my fellow man. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about good deeds to please God for your salvation. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which come from God on the basis of faith. I repeat, doesn't this sound like an over the sun? You say yes. Paul ran into Christ. Let me put it this way. Has Paul run in, excuse me, has Christ run into you or have you run into Christ? That's a crude way of putting it. Indeed, doesn't Paul seem like he had an over the sun experience? And even more, doesn't it appear as though Paul became an over the sun man? Let's consider Paul's statement as seen in Philippians 3.8. Surpassing value. Say surpassing value. And then look at the next part of knowing Christ my Lord. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I'm going to tell you right now, Christian, if you're really going to serve the Lord... There's some things he's going to take away from you. Can I get a witness? You're going to have to count them as dung. And count them as rubbish. That's what it says. That I may gain Christ. That's superior, surpassing value. That superior light information and the blessedness which comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Justification through his blood. What do you mean by that? The word justify means the declared righteous. Don't you know that when you accept the Lord Jesus as your personal savior, God imputes to you his own righteousness? He declares you righteous. Now, let me finish this before I get sidetracked. That doesn't give you a license to sin. Can I get a witness? Just because you're saved doesn't give you a lightness to sin. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You said it, brother. Heaven forbid Justification through his blood, sanctification by the Spirit. Say sanctification. I'm trying to get you involved so your voice is so low. Come on, I want you to speak up. Can I get a witness? You speak up when you're watching a football game. You speak up, I'm saying again, you speak up when you're watching a basketball game. Why can't we speak up for the Lord? The word sanctification means set apart. If you're a Christian, you've been set apart. You are no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. And the Holy Spirit, which is mentioned here, he indwells you and propels you and urges you to change your lifestyle. You've been set apart. So let me start over again. That superior line information and blessedness which comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ, justification through his blood, sanctification by the Spirit, and eternal glory through his merits and intercession. These are the blessings held out to us by the gospel of which and the law Jesus Christ is the sum. Say sum. Don't you know Jesus Christ is the end of the law for everyone who believes? He's the end. Surpassing person. Say surpassing person. We just read surpassing merits, now the surpassing person. Looking for 
that blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. I didn't write this. The Holy Spirit had men of God to pen this down, but I don't think you're getting it. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to try to explain this, but I'm just going to say this. It is calling Jesus Christ the great God and Savior. That's what it's doing. And for you who want to look it up, it's called the Granville Sharp Rule. The great God and Savior is Jesus Christ. There are not two different people here. Now, I don't want you to get confused. Jesus Christ is not God the Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, say great mercy. It took great mercy for him who was in the form of God. To come in the form of a servant. It took great mercy. God sent, God the Father sent his unique son. Who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again. Say born again. I know you've heard this before. John chapter 3 and I'm not going to turn there. Nicodemus. You're a great man. You know the law. You're a Pharisee. That means you've been set apart. You know everything as far as the law is concerned. And you're keeping the law as much as you can. But Nicodemus and your cohorts who sent you, you must be born again. If you're here today, And you're seeking fellowship with the Son of God. It's not a particular class. It's because of our condition. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? According to Psalm 51, I was, I'm going to pick on myself. I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And therefore, Brother Bruce, you must be born again. Born from where? Born from, let me say it, I got to calm down. You must be born from above. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, say great mercy. I know know I've already said that. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. And this is not in your notes. But I can't imagine hanging on a cross and saying, Father, forgive them to the men who put him on the cross. That's great mercy. Can I get a witness? And who did he do it for? The chastisement, according to Isaiah 53, the chastisement, and I'm not going to turn there, of our peace was placed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he took the bitter dregs That's right, bitter dregs, say bitter dregs, of your sin and my sin. And I know I said it before, and he paid it in full. And that's why salvation is a free gift. For the wages of sin, and you can complete the rest, the wages of sin is death. But what's the next part? But the gift of God, you can't earn it. I don't have the slightest idea who I'm talking to. You can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's not head knowledge. It's a gift. 
who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection. Say resurrection. resurrection. Again, Brother Bruce, you're getting off track. Thank you, sister. Say resurrection again. I had you to say that so I could collect my thoughts. Jesus rose from the grave bodily. We have a Bible study. And the verse we're supposed to remember is Colossians 2.9. Listen close. For in him, say in him. In him, which means Jesus, dwells. Now let me get just a little taste of that word dwells. That word means, it's the word katoika. And it means, kat means down and oika means a house. Dwells at home. It's not foreign. For in him dwells all the fullness. Say all the fullness. Not some fullness like others, angels, but in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, of the deity bodily. Where'd you get that, Brother Bruce? I just said it. He rose from the grave bodily. If you don't believe that one, maybe you'll believe this one. There is one mediator between God and man. The man. Christ Jesus. And that was written after the resurrection. There is one mediator between God and man. The man. Say man. Okay, Brother Bruce, you're talking a lot. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Brother Bruce, I'm a good person. I help out a lot. I, 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 I just do so many good things. And that's fine. And I, and I appreciate that. We appreciate that. But all our good deeds, Isaiah 64, is like filthy rags. All our good deeds in order to get saved are like filthy rags. That's a humbling thought. Well, Bruce, Brother Bruce, how did you get saved? I'm not going to turn to any verse. I got saved the same way that you got saved recognize that I was a sinner on all my way to eternal separation from God. Can I get a witness? Amen. I'm going to say what my mom said before she passed. She always told me, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. I don't serve a dead Savior. I serve a resurrected Savior. Simon Peter, surpassing person. I know this is a repeat. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have received a faith. The same kind. Say same kind. I don't have a faith superior to yours. We got saved the same way. by the righteousness of our God and Savior. That's another verse. Look it up yourself. Search the scriptures. To see in them. Search the scriptures. Simon Peter, the second one, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have a part in this holy faith. Let me ask you, say part. Do you have a, do you have a part in this holy faith? Only you can answer that. Ecclesiastes 
Moreover, man does not know his time. Like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare, so the sons of man are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. This is true. Man does not know his time. So, next slide. Don't you know that you and I need to prepare? Say prepare. This is what the Lord, this is what Yahweh said. Therefore, thus I will do to you, O Israel. You could put your name in there. Because I will do this. Prepare to meet your God. Say your God. He's personal. He's not an abstract force. He's very personal. How then do you prepare? And I prepare to meet this God. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning the Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God. And I'm going to be a little bit harsh, I suppose. I'm not trying to be. Do you believe the testimony that God gave his son? Or do you just consider this? I was listening to somebody the other day on, on, on TV. I said, oh my. You missed the point. He was talking about perhaps the Bible is not inspired. Perhaps the Bible is not, uh, means what it says. The Bible means what it says. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony of witness in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar. Do you realize you and I, I'm talking, about, I'm picking on myself. We can make God a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given us concerning his Son. And what is that testimony, Brother Bruce? And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. It's not in you, it's in him. And I'm going to ask you that question before I go on. Do you know the Son? He who has the Son. Say, has the Son. Well, listen to it. If you have the Son, you have life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you to believe on the name. I hope you got it. I'm going to say it again. Son of God. He is not God the Father. He's God the Son. He's the Son of God. He has an equal according to Hebrews chapter 1. He has the same nature as his God. Can I get an amen? Amen. What does it mean to believe? I've already said it. I'll say it again. Do you believe that the Son of God paid for all your sins? Do you believe that or don't you believe it? Or do you believe somehow he's just a prophet? He's just a good teacher. He's just a good example. Well, you can follow that Christ if you want and you'll still be separated from God forever. So that you may know right now, don't you let any person, I don't care if it's Brother Bruce, I don't care who it is, you can have eternal life right now. Can I get a witness? The Bible doesn't say will have, it says may know right now. You just read from Solomon, time and chance. You never know when you're going to pass from death under the light. You never know. I shouldn't say death under the light. You don't never know when you're going to go into eternity. Suddenly, say suddenly. Suddenly. I'm going to pick on myself again so you don't think I'm picking on me. I could walk outside this door and I hope it, and I could have a heart attack. And I would be in eternity right then.
Man does not know his time, like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare. So the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. We're about to change the subject. Please don't allow yourself to be caught up in under the sun. Say under the sun. Here we go. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. I don't, I'm going to skip that part. If you're a Christian, you should not be caught up in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Hopefully, you and I have grown out of that. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world. Christian, it's time for you and I to grow up. Can I get an amen? Amen. Stop, I don't know who I'm talking to, stop being a baby. God wants to use you. But he can't use you until you're listening. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Are you still listening to the world, Christian? I know I'm talking to somebody. Some of you Christians, and I said some of us Christians, maybe I should say, put it that way. You still live a life of the world, but you've been delivered. Picture of a lost soul. Then he said to them, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store up all my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, Soul, you have many goods laid up for my years. I didn't say that right. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, You fool. This very night, your soul is required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. I don't even have to comment on that. But you can say this, here today and what? Gone tomorrow. The picture of redeemed soul. Yes. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Let me add to that. To be absent from this body, if you're saved, you know the rest, go ahead. But to be present with Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I have a desire to be with Christ which is far better, Philippians chapter 1. The picture of a redeemed soul, the gate is open. The gate is open, come unto me, is the inscription without or outside. Sin no more, the watchword within. Rest of heart and soul, peace amidst trouble, strength and weakness. Life and death shall be yours on an instant or the instant. I'm going to say it again, say instant. Yes, this body might go to the grave, and it does. And I want to clear this up for anyone who may think differently. I am a soul, and I have a soul. Can I get a witness? I don't want you to miss that. I am a soul, and God breathed into man the breath of lives, and man became a living soul, a living being. But the Bible also reveals that you have a soul. Come unto me is inscription without, 
sin no more, their watchword within, rest of heart and soul, peace amidst trouble, strength in weakness, life in death shall be yours in an instant or on an instant. Safety still, eternal life still, when flesh and heart fail you, a course like that of the light which goes on and illuminates unto a perfect day. At last, that rest which remains and is no more broken, a home where Christ is. Let me put it this way. Whether you think you're going to live in heaven or earth, to be with Christ is the most important thing. Can I get an amen? The Bible promises a new heaven. And if you want to use the Greek, a renewed heaven and a renewed earth. The earth is going to be with us forever. And it's going to be cleansed from the sin and every other thing that takes away from the glory of God. A home where Christ is and with quietness and assurance forever. Say peace. Don't you know one of the inheritance of a Christian is for him to have peace in the midst of trouble, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of misfortune, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? I mean just what I was allowed to say. That's right, what I'm allowed to say. God gives me permission to say it. Can I get a witness? Let me put it this way. And I didn't, this is not in scripture. God gives you the ability to speak. He gives you the ability to think. He gives you the ability to praise his name. We think we're so I, I, I. But it is God who keeps you composed. It is God that keeps your body alive. It is God who gives you a voice to speak. It is God who is God. Oh, I'm going to wait for another week to get saved. That's presumption. We never know when we're going to go. Also, this I came to see is wisdom. There it goes again, under the sun. And it impressed me. There was a small city with few men in it and a great king. Say great king. Now, I know I'm going to get a little bit off base here. Say, great king. I know someone, and if you know someone, you know the king of kings and the lord of lords. Surrounded it and constructed large siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the wisdom of the poor. You see that? Wisdom is good sometimes. It's not all bad. You can, use it, you can use it for the benefit of others. But it's despised. And his words are not heeded. I'm not listening to that old man. He don't know what he's talking about. Look how poor he is. God never blessed him. God blesses poor people. The words of the wise heard in quietness are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner, say sinner, you're proud. You're too proud to recognize that you need a savior. What a disaster. The words of a wise poor man, though spoken softly, out of a fearful and lowly kind of bashfulness, are worthy of more respect. I'm going to tell you one thing. It's better to listen to someone who knows the Lord, who may be poor. You better listen. He got some good advice for you. Can I get a witness? Just because a person's down or out doesn't mean he doesn't know anything. James 3, 17 and 18. But the wisdom from above is pure. 
than peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering. Say unwavering. I know I'm taking things out of context again. Unwavering means stable. And once again, I don't know who I'm talking today. This Today, Christian, you're so holy and you're so righteous and tomorrow you live like the devil. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. He has the force of all men. Sorry, Brother Bruce, you can't even speak right. He was the force of all men. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, say though he was rich. Come on now. Yet for your sakes, for your sake, say for your sake. For your sake. That means you and me. Okay, stop your ears. You don't want to hear it. Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Go on to the next one. I'm going to go back to this. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, well, how was he rich? Here's one aspect of his richness. John 17, and now, Father, glorify thy son. Now, you know what? I need to turn to that so I don't get it wrong. Somebody said it for me, but I want to make sure I'm right. And now, O Father, glorify me with the glory, thine own self with the glory, which I had with thee before the world was. Did you get that? Can I get an amen? Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, shared the very glory of his Father. He was rich. That's just one aspect. What's another aspect? I'm not going to turn to it. Colossians. For by him and through him and for him. Say for him. Did you get that, ladies and gentlemen? You can look it up yourself. For by him, for him. And I got it mixed up. I got to turn to it because I don't want to get the word of God mixed. Can I get an amen? amen. I don't want to get the word of God. I don't want to butcher the word of God. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him. And the last part says, and for him. You and I were created for Jesus Christ. And yet the Old Testament says that you and I were created for Jehovah God. Can I get a witness? What did Jesus say? You can complete this. I and my father are what? One. That doesn't mean they're the same person. It means they share the very same essence according to Hebrews chapter 1. I think she's telling me to stop. What else was he wishing? All things have been handed over to me by my Father. Jesus, the Son of God, recognized that he has a Father. Do you recognize that, that the Holy Spirit, uh, let, me get, let me slow down. Do you recognize that you have a Father? What's your Father? The Father of the Bible. And according to Romans chapter 8, I got that right. You can call him Abba. He loves you so much that you can call him Abba. And if you know anything about the history of that word, it means daddy. 
all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, anyone to whom the, the Son wills to reveal him. I'm almost done. i got two slides to go. Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden. That doesn't sound like under the sun. That sounds like someone who's above the sun. And I'm going to say something else. Sun, S-U-N. But I'm going to spell it a different way. S-O-N. The sun. Don't you get tired of talking about the sun? I hope I never get tired of talking about who Jesus is. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Say learn from me. Where do you get the learning? Right here in this book. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I got two to go. Keep playing. You're going to have to play for an hour and 55 minutes more. Even if our gospel is hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now, this is going to be harsh, but I'm just going to nail it down. If you're lost, you're perishing right now. If you don't know Jesus, you're lost. And if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whom the God of this world, see, there is a God of this world, but he's a false God. Has blinded, the, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, I'm going to say something. In our Bible study, well, Brother Bruce, we're made in the image of God. Yes, yes, we are. You're made in the image of God. But did you notice something? Jesus is the image of God. Not made, he is the image of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Let, me end, let me end by saying this, and I said it in our Bible study. Before Abraham was, I am. I got one more slide. Keep playing. Keep playing. We're back to a slide where we started one. For we preach not, we preach ourselves, huh? Well, we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, our Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants. No, I'm not picking on churches. But if you go to a church where you never hear about the free gift of God, you never hear about the resurrection, you never hear about the glories of God. If they're always perpetuating how good you are and everybody's going to be saved, you're in the wrong church. It took the Son of God, who is the Redeemer, He's the firstborn, and I'm not going to try to explain it, of all creation. What's that mean, Brother Bruce? He's the heir. He's the heir. Whether you're saved or lost, Jesus owns you. And someday you and I are going to stand before him and recognize this. And I'm done. Every knee is going to bow. Yes, I said it before. And every tongue is going to confess. This is, not head, this is not head knowledge. It's heart knowledge. Of things in heaven. And things in earth. And things, even the demons are going to confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord. Who's Lord in your life? Is it you, your self-love, existentialism? Or is it the Son of God? We're going to give an account. In the name above all names.